That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? All right, everybody, we're back with another episode. And a heads up, Morgan's allergies have kicked in in the last halfway through our last episode and, and starting into this, he's run to the um, convenience store. The Mini Mart. The Mini Mart. Mm-hmm. Grab some, that word without coughing. some Dayquil. Uh, so if you see him get up and run out, it's because he's coughing. And Welcome we'll... to that L Word podcast. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> That's about all you'll get out of me. That's right. Uh, today we are joined by Dr. Becca again. And I was thinking about this when we were driving, Morgan and I were driving in. I think it's been almost a year because you came in, and I'd have to go back and see the episode, but we're on, this will probably be episode 60, I think. Um, but I feel like we had you on in the first six to eight episodes when we started last year. So I was like, oh, it's cool. been almost it's like a like an anniversary year. then. That's right. I should have brought cake. You sh- oh, <laughs> man. Gluten-free cake. <laughs> oh, well. Why are you saying it like mm. that? Um... I think I love gluten. <laughs> you don't know. I don't. You don't I don't. Know. I know that I employ some wonderful folks over the last couple of years who have been gluten-free, and it's always harder to find, like, good gluten-free exactly snacks real. for them. Exactly Luckily, we can order anything online almost yeah. and have Facts. it delivered. I went to California with Oceanside this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was, like, heaven. Yep. Yeah. Heaven, everything gluten-free. Old stores, actually. <laughs> so we are very happy to have you back. Thank um, you. Give you a minute to tell everybody about yourself and for those that didn't catch the episode with you the first time. That's always such a hard question, right? Because what is important? There's like I th- what I think you want me to say or what people want you to say, which is your job, right? So I'm a licensed psychologist and um, board certified behavior analyst at the doctoral level. Um But then there's also the other stuff, like I dropped out of high school and uh, a complex trauma survivor, and I have two pugs, and I love glitter, right? So it's like, where do you go with that? Probably loving glitter and pugs is really where, that's more of our, you know. I want to know more about the glitter, actually. So I love it. People hate glitter. There's usually two camps. Either you love glitter or you don't and you you hate it. I actually carry around um, googly eyes in my purse, but also it's um, glitter that you can dump into drinks. It's edible, you could put it on anything, mm-hmm. but just in case a celebration breaks out, I am prepared. Like, I'm your girl. I also have confetti for Did the same the, reason. The troll movie, the, uh, mm-hmm. and they had the, the little, little baby that was made of glitter. Mm-hmm. Glitter. That's why I work with kids <clears throat> a lot. You know, It's like pediatrics. It's so just, is there a difference between glitter and sparkle? Because my girls love sparkle. Mm. So I think the glitter part that people don't like is the mess that it okay. makes or how it gets it on everything. Yeah, it yes. Whereas um, I'm that little baby <clears throat> made of glitter. I don't want it to come off. I'm okay with that. But people can <laughs> like sparkle, yeah. but maybe not like the glitter. Because even we'll drive by a bass boat and Shelly will be like, oh. Sparkly. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's oh, nothing to clean up. The sparkles in the back, yeah. Or we'll see a car. Glitter is also really not good for the environment because it's little plastic. So you don't have to give up on glitter, though. There's actually environmentally friendly glitter that you can purchase. I don't know where we were going with this episode, but I just learned something. Now we've now we've gone down. The more you know. That's yeah. right. I love it. I love it. It's plastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, glitter oh, yeah. is little bits of plastic. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. No more glitter in my house. <laughs> or environmentally friendly. That... That's right. <coughs> That's right. Let's just use sprinkles. Yeah. Oh, those are edible. Those mm-hmm. edible. Yep. On a gluten-free <laughs> cake. <laughs> Your wife makes the. You brought in some gluten-free treats that she's made. Oh yeah. That are I just too. My wife the and then there's another lady out of uh, Cedar Cedar Point mm-hmm. that makes stuff you wouldn't you wouldn't even know the difference. No when you idea. good at it, when you You're good at it, then it's there. But you can tell when somebody ain't good at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, when I reached out uh, mm-hmm. to Dr. Becca and said, hey, we'd love to have you back on the show, of course, the question is always like, well, what are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And I think you said, are we going to prepare anything or fly by the seat of our pants? Mm-hmm. And I replied, Morgan and I are the right brothers. You really had to ask that Oh, question? flying by the seats uh, of our pants. I think I said, is there something specific you want me to prepare or are we just going to fly by the seat of our pants? Yep. And I said, we're the right brothers of pants fly. flying. Yeah, same. Yes. Not everyone's as comfortable with that. Well, and you would think that after having done this for about a year and some change now, we might have gotten it together, but uh, I, we prefer it. Yeah, I don't know. It works for you. It it's does. authentic. It's, more, yeah. it's genuine. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like it, it's flexible. Mm-hmm. It, when I listen to scripted stuff, like it's hard for it not to be scripted because you feel like you need to read that exact yes. way, and it may not be the point where it should be interjected. Mm-hmm. You just feel like you have to do it. So we just come up with like this is a topic and and then we go see what happens. Use our coaching skills actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that too. Listening mm-hmm. skills, mm-hmm. right? Being aware. Until we start listening to each other too much and then not talking. <clears throat> but yeah, um, the thing that I has really piqued my interest in lately is is like mental health and leaders mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. burnout and you know just mm-hmm. that whole cycle. And I don't know, I've had some clients, I feel like, that fall into that category of they're burned out or they just, they can't seem to get out of that cycle. You know, yeah. it'll, it'll pick up and things will be good and then it's like they're kind of back in it. It's, it's almost the two steps forward, one step back kind mm-hmm. of. So we're making progress, but it's, you know, and, and I think there's, it's multifaceted. There's some, some probably mental health stuff going on there. There's burnout. There's all of it. Yeah. Yeah, to all, right? I I think um, I had my own therapy this morning, uh, and and the same stuff comes up. One of the things we were talking about is how things have been different since the pandemic. And um, I think part of that, or I wonder, right? I always want to come from a place of curiosity. I wonder if part of it is that there was this uh, period of time where very little was within our control, right? And people always say, I don't like change. And I said, well, you eat different food and you change your underpants every day. So it's not that you don't like change. We don't like change we're not in control of. And so there was this period of time where we were not in as much control. And then as things started to go back closer to normal, whatever that means, there was no two-week vacation where everybody got a break from your responsibilities to recharge from this shared you know, little T trauma that everyone went through because that's one of the defining characteristics of trauma is that you are not in control and that you feel in danger. So then life kind of returns or your responsibilities return, but there was no reprieve. So there's this sort of cumulative build and cumulative stress that just keeps going. And so there's not been a break. And I think that's where the burnout comes from um, currently, contextually around that included. But generally burnout is there's not a 
break. You're doing too, not too much, period, but too much of stuff that you don't like. And not when you're a leader, <coughs> if you don't do it, where does it go? Right. Where do you put that? Both the actual tasks that you're doing that you're not loving but are also required, but then there's also not that break. And everybody needs a break. You, um, you don't, I don't know much about marathons. Morgan can correct me if this is wrong. I don't think you sprint for that whole 26.2 no, miles. Possible. That part. You see people going, that's where people misconstrue, like the, 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 the faster people that say, oh, well, they're sprinting. No, they're, their that's abilities their are different. That that's part. Their pace. That part. Yeah, they're sprinting. They can't sustain either. But they get to control that, right? When you're right. running, you <laughs> control your pace. And sometimes as a leader, some things we can control the pace of and some we can't. And so being on kind of contextually where we are as a set of humans right now, there was a period of time where we weren't setting our pace. And so maybe we sprinted to keep up when we couldn't have sprinted, right? And then there was not this break to recharge. And then sometimes as leaders, we don't, we think we shouldn't need to. Yeah, I think. So we're shouldn't on ourselves. I think. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly right. Pace is relative, though. Like, that's where people that's don't right. understand. Like, yeah. you have, I get people all the time and say, well, I'm not that fast. No, I always ask, compared to what? Right. But then that's what hits them. What's a, well, I'm not, you're not them, so you can, you'll never be them. So what is fast? And so you have to retrain. Yeah, correct. I think you're fast. I think you're bright. <clears throat> I think you're whatever. Yeah, right. Which generally transfers to, and I'm not, right? It's right. the comma, mm -hmm. but I'm not. Well, why? Because I'm measuring me to you, right? So I have multiple sclerosis, and I was diagnosed in the middle of the pandemic, so in 2020. And so there's things I can't do the same way that I did before, because I do chemo, because I right fill in the blanks of these different health conditions. I can still do them. It's just not in the same way. But that doesn't mean I'm less valuable as a human, or I'm not as good as a human, because I do things in a different way. But we get in our own way. If I expect myself to do X, Y, or Z, and then I don't do it, does that change how I view myself as a human, or is it just I didn't do this behavior as well, right? Like, I um, see some Olympic athletes for therapy, and uh, let's say they get a bronze or a silver. They are bummed. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, we're talking about Olympic medals. Yeah. Well, I know but, but it's the frame yeah. of reference, right? And, and that's this is a desert grain of sand. There are th times when I'm like, oh, Becky, you should have been able to get this done, or why didn't you get that done, that I'm hard on myself also. So it's, it's that view of self needing to be flexible, and sometimes it can be helpful to view ourselves from outside self, right? So how would Jody describe me? How would Jody describe Morgan, not how Jody would describe Jody, right? Because right? nobody else knows what's under the skin but you. It's like we compare our behind-the-scenes footage to other people's highlight reel, and that is not helpful. Yeah. And we, we were talking last episode, actually, about the voice in your head. Mm. And you're the only one that can actually hear it. Yeah. Even if I'm talking to you, I can't hear the voice in your head. And so there's that constant, are you friends with it? Mm -hmm. Or is it a bully or a mean girl or, you know, whatever? And, and building that relationship so that it's not pushing you into those, I should have been mm -hmm. this, or... To me, it's that voice in my head that will put me in comparison mindset mm -hmm. or put me in fear or scarcity or yep. whatever. 
And then how do I then like have a conversation with that voice that's healthy? That's right. It's like Dr. Brene Brown uses the phrase, the story I'm telling myself about this is, and then you sort of fill in the blank, right? It creates distance. So when my hand is here, I can't see you guys, right? And this is, whether it's anxiety, depression, whatever, I want to move it here. Mm -hmm. It's still here. I can't make it go away. That's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant. What's in your mind's eye right now? Probably a pink elephant. It's, I'm going to move it here. I'm going to change my relationship with this. So it's still here. I can see it, but I can also see, you know, that door and more. Morgan and you and the tree and these other things, it's still present. And that's what ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, is uh, one of the ways I practice as a psychologist and I think how I am as a human. It's where we get stuck is saying, don't be upset. Don't be depressed. Right. Calm down. Mm -mm. Don't be think. Those of, I, always still like, I am I, those <clears throat> things and I'm also feeling. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. I had a big one with a client and he was like, I need help with this, this, and this. I'm like, well, accept that that's what you are. No, I don't want to be that. But that's not the reality is this is who you are. And until you accept that, the only time you can face it and understand how to work with it. But you're trying to deny the very fact and, you know, the makeup of who you are. And it, that, and you wonder why nothing is changing yeah. because you can't fix something you don't even think exists. Mm -hmm. And that's even about <clears throat> what does it mean if you are that, right? So this right. thing she's pushing against or he's pushing against, it's not likely that thing that they're pushing against, it's what that means to them, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I have MS. Do I want to have it? No, but I do. MS isn't the issue. It's what do I think MS means to me, that I'm not going to be able to do the things I want or that I'm, you know, whatever, it, that I don't get to do exactly what I want when I want. It's not MS. It's what I think it means. Does it mean I'm more vulnerable or I can't do this or I can't do It's like what do those things mean about? to us because it could be different mm -hmm. to somebody different. Like the Does that limiting, make sense? The limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And they're different for each of us, even right. if we all have MS. So like, I'm not going to care as much about my physical ability to run a marathon, whereas that might be extra important to Morgan. But it's the same thing. It's that MS, but it's what it means to each of us. And leadership, right, means different things to different people. Well, and that's what I was going to, like, mm -hmm. bring that back into the, the conversation is to be a leader then, you know, a leader who's experiencing <coughs> burnout or who's experiencing <clears throat> depression or anxiety or any of those things, I guess it could mean something different to each person because their view on leadership is different. Yes. But I would guess that a similarity across would be that leaders don't struggle with that, right? And what? I think even when we, as a country, as a human race, have decreased the stigma of mental health, oh, it's still very much there that um, when we're talking about things like anxiety and depression, I shouldn't experience if that they're mutually exclusive. I can't be a good leader and have depression. Right. And even saying like I am depressed, <laughs> that that fuses it. It's here. You can have depression and still lead, mm -hmm. right? Like that's even language. So I am feeling angry instead of I'm angry. I work as a psychologist instead of I am a psychologist. It creates some space because then there's movement in that space. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, so it's 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 not your identity then. It's not the only part of it. That's right. Yes. It's it's maybe a rock you have in your pack. Yep. But it's not who you are. And well, those I, different rocks are heavier depending on time. Yeah. Right. I'd rather be I, I mean, I'd rather for me, like people say, Well, you're not a strong leader if you're going through this, but if you haven't gone through this, how can you help me go through it? 
Like how you don't you don't you you can't what's the word um oh man you you can't understand what I you know you can't you can't empathize with what I'm or I'm going through or <clears throat> I've been through. So how can you help me work through it? Because you don't see the signs, the triggers, the things, and you don't know the process of getting it. It's the thing about <clears throat> I always tell people about athletes, right? They're they're there could be coaches that are Olympic level, mm-hmm. right? That have been athletes and stuff like that, and genetically gifted. And then there's that coach that had to earn and learn every aspect of it. And sometimes when you get those type of coaches, those people that never had to work for it don't understand working for it, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I think that's the same aspect when you look mm-hmm. at the mental side of it. It's like, how can you tell me? I, I for me. Again, Brene Brown, mm-hmm. if you ain't doing the work, I, we can't have a conversation. If you're not in the ring getting yeah. your ass kicked, yeah. I'm not interested in not your, interested your feedback. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which can sometimes be a slippery slope because I think um, – so I dropped out of high school. I am very open about, again, being a complex trauma survivor. I've experienced episodes of anxiety and depression. I do think those things make me help me to be a good psychologist. I also don't think that if you haven't, that you can't be a good psychologist. So it's a, I think there's that creates that space for the individual differences. Those who haven't, you know, I am a believer that most folks get into mental health as work because they've experienced something and you're trying to be who you needed when you were younger. Um, But I think those who haven't experienced those exact things, so I work with uh, veterans or active duty service members. I've never been in the military. I can connect with the overall themes of what their experience is. understanding, yeah. But you got to really work to connect to that feeling and not get – do you ever work as a server? Like, and you're in the weeds. So like you have too many tables. You don't know who needs what. You're in the weeds. You can't see. So I can't get so in the weeds of the content of what this promotion means or doesn't mean for their career as much as that bigger picture of you got passed over and that is a really crappy feeling. You didn't and you're get what worried you wanted, about basically. how this yep. is going to impact. <clears throat> yeah. Does that make sense? What I was kind of thinking and reflecting on is that empathy doesn't have to be exact. Right. Like my experience doesn't have to match yours exactly. Right. And, you know, to your point, mm-hmm. if I was a leader who didn't go through anxiety and, and mental struggles or whatever, it doesn't mean I can't be a great leader. Right. I'm just coming at it from a different right. angle. And maybe I've gone through something that's produced the same feeling for me. That's right. And that's where we connect. Right. Is I felt anxious or happier. That's where we always connect though. That's where we always. And I think that's the true essence of empathy, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is that like, I love Brene's, um, where she's talking about getting down in the hole, Mm -hmm. you know, that video, I share it multiple times per year on social media, getting down in the hole and you're there with them. Ooh, it's dark in here. Yeah. But you're not alone. And I will sit with you in that dark. And then I always kind of also, I want this video. I came, I'll I'll share it. It's so good. You've not seen it. Okay. I came down this ladder to get in the hole with you to sit with you. I, and I'm, I'll be curious on your thoughts about this. That ladder is mine to get out. Mm-hmm. I'm here to support you as you build your own ladder, but you can't necessarily use mine. I can see that. Is that? Yeah, I think. My way is not my. my it's not your way. Right, the way you I'm going to climb. Develop your own exit strategy because it's unique to you. Your yes. 
And you also <clears throat> can't always climb. Like, so it's my ladder that I came down. And I might need to go up there before you're ready to come up because I can't say I, I need to know when I can't be down here with you anymore. Right. But I will come back down. I'm not going to leave you and abandon you. But I also think sometimes when people are really not doing well, sometimes they need to use our ladder, maybe the first couple rungs of mm -hmm. our ladder to then start building their own. So I, I do think folks have to learn their own way in and out. And sometimes our ladder can help them with that. But it, it isn't always the only way. Right. Which sometimes can be that trap where, um, so I couldn't have a whole caseload of just, of only individuals who've experienced trauma, because that is too, would be too much for me, that just because I have had experience that a patient has had or that a friend has had, doesn't mean that I'm the best at helping them. I also still have to know that they're different than me and might need a different ladder. And so when we've had the exact same or a very similar experience, sometimes a stuck point is that we think our ladder is the only ladder. And mm. we try to push more to them using our ladder instead of finding their own because of the similarities. That's Does where that the rescuer sense? thing comes in, yeah. right? You're trying to rescue mm -hmm. instead of support. Yeah, it's rescuing. There's also some ego mm -hmm. in that, right? That like, this is the way. Yeah. And sometimes there's impatience in that i just want you to feel better because i'm having a hard time tolerating your discomfort and i'm trying to push you up my ladder instead of saying whoa becca you can climb up the ladder if you need a break from this right now this mm -hmm. isn't your hole to sit in right now <coughs> yeah. does that make sense so then from a leadership standpoint like as leaders are experiencing this what are some some tips or tools that we as leaders can help each other or yeah. support each other, I guess. I think, um, and this is something I have struggled with and still do in many ways being a psychologist who also leads because I do have the skills to maybe help this person. Let's say it's an employee or a mentee go through that. But am I, is that my role in this moment with that person? Mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist, but not their psychologist. So I think it's making sure that um, we have the places to refer folks to that is not us. Because that can also lead to burnout. When I'm holding all of your stuff, yeah. I'm your boss, your clinical supervisor, your HR supervisor, I'm all of these things that, um, you know, making sure folks know how to get help that isn't us, which creates space for us to get our own help. And I think, you know, I'm obviously a big proponent of therapy, but little stuff that seems little is actually big. Like, when did you last eat? Yeah. Are you drinking water? How many nights have you stayed up too late? Are you moving your body, right, mm -hmm. even, and not in a <clears throat> black or white way, like, I want to go to this one and a half hour, you know, class, I can't fit that in my schedule, so I didn't do anything. Okay, so that's always an option. Can we get a 15-minute walk-in? Like, in yeah. what way can the answer be yes so you can move towards that? Does that find make sense? Yeah, find a way to yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But those little things uh, are actually bigger things, I think, like food, water, and rest. Often we don't take care of ourselves when we're feeling burned out because we're not called interoception. So, like, noticing you're hungry, noticing you're <coughs> thirsty, noticing you're tired. We don't do that. A lot of times as leaders, we're up here thinking about what needs done and looking out here at everybody else that we forget that we are part of that. So I have an employee, right? And you said you can't be all the things to to that, you know, the, the person that's usually the counselor, the HR and all that stuff. 
how are they, how, what, how do you handle that when they expect that of you? Yeah, I work on that every day. I think some of that, so you can, right? You can be all of those things, but at what cost, right? I don't think it's the best for, for anyone. I generally, when I notice things like that are happening, that folks are coming to me for a bunch of different things, I look at myself and say, what role might I have played in why they're coming to me so much? Mm. Right? Because uh, so as a behavior analyst, um, behavior analysis uh, is an individual interacting with their environment. That's just what the science is. Mm. So if a person keeps coming to me, that person is engaging with their environment. I'm part of their environment. If I don't like, or I, that's not what I had planned for them to come to me for everything, I got to look at in what way I've reinforced or I've contributed to that happening and then look at the systemic change. <coughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, but like, so, so we talk about middle, the middle health piece and like we're always, to, we get maybe getting that cycle of like, you can come to me for anything. My door's always open. I'm always here for you. Like, ah. Yes, you can come to me. It's not my job to solve that problem for you. So you come to me and say, gosh, Becca, I'm really struggling with my sleep. I could sit and talk with you about your sleep, or I could say, we have there's a great webinar on our EAP about sleep hygiene. I'd recommend you check that out. There might be some stuff in there, right? So I'm giving you something, but I'm handing you the responsibility. Do you need to explain to them why you're doing that? Because, like, or is it, is it me thinking, like, right now? Doing that is brushing them off, like like how how they will perceive that redirect. Yes, and so that's our culture, right? We get to talk about. Um, I'm a, I like uh, Dr. Dan Siegel says, "Name it to tame it." Like he likes things to be overt, which I appreciate. Like I'm labeling why I'm doing that. So in that situation, let's say the person had been coming to me, and I had been sitting and dialoguing with them about it, and and not referring them somewhere else. I might say. I'm super glad that you felt comfortable to come and let me know. Um, sleep impacts everything. And I love that you've learned from being here about how important that is. I also think that maybe in our most recent or, or historical interactions, I don't know that I've helped you in the best way possible because I'm giving you the information while we're sitting here. And that leads to you keeping coming to me. Well, what if I'm not here? Gosh, I wouldn't want you to go without that knowledge for a whole week. And so I want to make sure that I'm doing right by you, which is helping you learn where to go for what you need that's not dependent on Becca because the sun doesn't rise and set on my behind. I want you to get that information. So I'm going to start making sure in the future that I'm telling you how to get what you need that isn't dependent on me or another you one be person. Conscious. I have to be conscious of if I'm yeah. doing it over and over again. For there, if I start yeah. to see a pattern, like yes, then that gives me the yes the less bandwidth to deal with my own stuff. Yep. And I used to call that the easy button. Like I can't become the easy button. Mm -hmm. And when I was leading people that would come in with you know <clears throat> needing something, would always come in and say, "Hey Jody, I've looked here. I've tried this. I've talked to that person." I'm still at a loss. Three before me. Right. And that, you know, and it's, it's one of those, me. Okay, it's that. one of those things that maybe I don't even have the answer, but right. now that's something that I know they've done everything they could and it might not even be me answering. It might be like, oh, you, have you talked to so-and-so? No, no, no. They're the one you got to talk mm -hmm. to. That's my job as the leader is to see the whole field and know who's. And when we're burned out, we hit the easy button, yes. which, Morgan, in that situation, the easy button for me would be talking to you through your sleep hygiene, because then I don't have to do this internal work of how can I present this to Morgan in a way that he can hear what I'm saying, I'm labeling the 
the piece that I've played in right, this, so taking right. my accountability, that's a lot of internal work. So the easy button, and I still fall into this, I'm always aware of it. Do this. Right, here's the answer. Get your sleep, do no screens yeah. before bed, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's the easy button for them and us, because remember, behavior analysis, again, is us interacting with our environment, so I have to look at my part in that too. So it isn't just, oh, I keep answering their questions. Yeah, but why? Well, because I'm stretched thin, and I need to just, I want them to have the information so they can feel better. And it's easier for me to just say, here, do this, even though it isn't easier. It's easier in the now, it's not the long here. Term. Yeah. That's it. And that's why sometimes burnout, well, that's why burnout is a, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's the, just like we were talking about the pandemic, it's that cumulative effect. Because let's say I'm doing that for Morgan and then I'm your leader. So you see um, Morgan getting time with Becca because of questions, problems, complaints, whatever. Mm -hmm. now, I'm, now I'm the problem person. So they get the problems answered and time with me. Well, that's not what we want really as leaders, right? It's not empowering. It's not helping people move to independence, them or us, but we keep doing it because it's easy in the now. Well, and then uh, that's also where I think you get overwhelmed as a leader because yes. if Morgan's getting it, then I'm like, well, I'm going to go ask her too. I want it too. And next thing you know, or they, or that you're, person out refers again, you. yeah. you're out of position <clears> because <throat> you can't do what you have to do as a leader because you're too busy solving every, you're the easy button for everybody. Exactly and, and right. <clears throat> Jordan, to your point, you hear those people say, like, I don't get nothing done during the day. Yes, every one of them will tell you. I said that last yeah. week. I thought, where did my day go? Yeah. And then I realized. You put out everybody else's fires. And then now I got six fires that I have to deal with at home. So now my work day went from a six-hour day to a 12-hour day, and mm. I'm on one about it. At who? Me. Yeah. I mean, you, I wasn't in that moment. And then I was yeah. like, all right, Becca, get, get a snack, like take some water, and then was thinking about it. And I said, Really, because I do, when I have those days where I think, where did my day go? I really sit down and think, what did I do? Um, and the list of stuff that was on my list of what I did, none of should have been on my plate. But it's funny, you, would, you had the analogy from six hours to 12, because that's why in our environment, people would come in earlier or mm -hmm. stay later. That's right. That's the only time you had it, or they work during lunch, close their door and lock it. So that's how we know it's an environment <laughs> issue, yeah. right? Because an environment is an interaction between stimuli. So... If you're super effective before you open and after you close or at lunch you close your door, you get it done on the weekends, the issue is generally a relational issue that I'm not communicating effectively. And that doesn't mean the words I'm saying aren't accurate. It means I'm not communicating effectively for that relationship, right? I communicate differently with therapy clients than I would with, I don't know, a partner or my sister. All can be effective communication. It's about the fit for that type of communication for that relationship. Mm. Does that make sense? I need to look at that. I need to look at that at home and other places. I mean, this I think our series of recordings, the last three, this the fourth one, yeah. have really put a touch basis on like how you I, I and I know this again, we know this but we still don't do it half the time. How you are the root solution for your own problem. And if you can always kinda like if you Reverse engineering, like, oh, then you go to, oh. The oh. common denominator is me. Me, yeah. right? I don't know if you told me this, like you point one finger at somebody else and you got three, three points back at you. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I need to fix me. It's funny. <clears throat> I always talk about, like, we talk about work here, we talk about the military, coaching. Even with my wife, like, it's funny because, like, I was like, why she keeps doing this? Why she keeps doing this? 
And I'm like, just, you know, just make me something to eat. Just make, just do this. Just do, this is what I expect. Nothing. And I'm like, hmm, can you make this? Can you be here? I need you to do that. Oh my God, it got done. What the? And all I had to do is what I didn't think I should have to do, but the reality is what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like those moments. But, it, it, but like, I, I really enjoy what she's saying because, like, it's, we don't look at that. Like, we just, we, we always in the mix, man. Like, I'm always so in the mix. it's that, because the cycle's going. Like, how Jody was mentioning the cycle. Yeah. When you're in the cycle, you can't see it. It's like the eye of the storm type thing. You got to come out and maybe be on this day where you guys are recording some podcast sessions in a row that you're, like, you're not in your house. You're not in your usual schedule. It's been shaken up a bit, which is what makes vacations powerful. It's not that you're not doing the same tasks. It's that you're literally in a different environment so you can think differently. It's hard to think differently in the same environment, in the middle of your, your routines. I, and, and we talk about, like, you know, that our time together. Like, how we only see each other maybe once a month. And um, it allows me to hear – from Jody, let's be very specific. I know I'm gonna get honesty. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get fluff, mm-hmm. right? I have an analogy of my first book. I'll never forget this. I was like, God damn, that was so rough. I wrote my book. I let multiple people see it. Mm-hmm. It's so great. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Send it to Jody, bro. You need to fix this, 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 and this. And then I knew at that moment because somebody had said it and. Like, you don't want somebody to be yes because I need you to point out the things that I could do better. Mm-hmm. And it's never in a harsh way. But if I want the truth, I know I can go to Jody. And, like, I need friendships like that because mm-hmm. I live in a world where people think I do no wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's not the truth. Which is what makes those kind of relationships so important for <clears throat> leadership because um, we, ha- we have to hear that. Well, and I think it also brings you back to the earth. It's also a way of caring about people in a way that, um, you know, some folks, many folks don't like error correction or that corrective feedback. Um, It's not that it feels good to hear. Never. But it does because I know that you care about me enough that you are willing to be uncomfortable to make sure I get the information I need. That's a good way to put it. You know what I mean? It is a – because when somebody's being a yes to you, even if they don't mean it, or when they don't mean it, that means that their comfort, if it's me doing it, my comfort is more important to me than you are to me. And that, and that doesn't mean like the people that are saying yes or being, you know, oh, this is awesome. That means that no. they might not, most of them, to me, in my personal opinion, they, that's what they do to themselves. They don't show their self-reality. Right. And so right. they're not going to, why would they show me reality? They don't know. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was just thinking the best conversations I've had personally or professionally were always uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whether it was me being uncomfortable having the conversation or me being uncomfortable receiving the conversation. But the best, most productive it's vulnerable. growth-oriented conversations were uncomfortable. And I think it brings so much more value to the relationships. Like you just Because it, we're solid mm-hmm. enough that that discomfort's not going to break us. Mm-hmm. We will come out the other side of this discomfort in one way or another, together or apart. But Agree we or both are honest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, too, like it, it shows that person the value of like, oh, you care that much about me. When everybody else was telling me one thing. And now there's different perspectives. Like of course. Maybe other people that were reading it, like they don't have a lot of experience reading But I, that's either. what I had to learn as, a, as, a, yeah. as an author. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, this is a great point. As, yeah. a, as an author, I had to learn 
that just because everybody said it was, you know, your crap don't stink, don't mean it don't stink, right? And so who you share that information with, I was sharing it with people that were non-writers. They were not, like, they really didn't read a lot of books. And I realized that. Mm-hmm. He, Jody writes. Most mm-hmm. people don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's done it for a long time. He, that's his expertise, right? And then when I started to actually give it to other people that were willing to see the other things, and I was like, ah, I was just going to the wrong genre. So that's the two help. pieces, right? We're back yeah. to Brene Brown, which is if mm-hmm. you aren't in the arena getting your ass kicked, I'm not going to, I'm not really interested in your opinion. So if you're, you're going to the person with the content knowledge, right, the writing, and the person who has oh. the relationship and the willingness to engage relationally in that way. So you need both of those parts, depending on what it so is. So I got a question, This and I know we ain't got a lot of time, but how do you deal, like we talk about being in, you know, as leaders or even as non-leaders or just, you know, trying to get help and you're trying to get advice, and you have these people that you have close relationships with, how... How about if, okay, Jody wasn't doing the work, mm-hmm. but he wants to give me advice, but he's close to me. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with that? Like, how do I, like, because they might think you're, like, you know you're not bringing, they get not, you're not getting any value from that person, but they think they're, they're helping you, then they're wondering why you don't want to take the help. Mm-hmm. So I have two thoughts. One would be, I wouldn't <clears> go <throat> to him for advice, right? So I wouldn't ask Jody about, I don't know, something that he doesn't know about. But if he's my friend and I'm going to him as a friend, I might say, I really need to vent and I'm not looking for advice right now. I I love that you're trying to problem solve and help me because you see me as your friend hurting and you want to fix it. The best fix for me from you right now is that listening ear because I know how much you care. And to tell them what you need. Yeah, no doubt. Both parts are hard, right? Because for me, when you're close to me, in my circle, I expect your help. I expect you. Maybe, mm. and, but again, do you it's expect me. the same help from every person? Because I might <clears> go <throat> to my sister and tell her everything, but I don't expect her to help me with something here in North Carolina when she's in Pennsylvania. I don't think you expect like the same right help. <laughs> Usually, I would say, "Are you open to feedback? To dialogue about that?" And I am open to feedback, but and I don't like the hard. answer. And I, I just like, oh, I do think God, too, tell me what I want to hear. What's, what makes me feel the, right? Something that can be really helpful is when somebody comes to you and is doing that and say, are you looking for to problem solve and like fix right now? Or do you just want to vent? Both are okay. And I can do both with you, but I'm not sure what you need right now. It's In sad. the same way that I ask permission, about, are you clients, open to so feedback? I said, do you want to hear or do you want me to listen? Like, mm-hmm. do you want my feedback or do you want me to listen? Yep. Then they say, I want your feedback. I said, and I ask again, mm-hmm. are you sure? Because it might, might be the exact opposite of what you think you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And okay, open the floodgates. <laughs> yeah, and I, to me, it's just that support mindset, <clears throat> right? Like support, how can I support you best? Because support is a variety of things. And maybe it's, and they're like, I'm not really sure, right? So, because sometimes I don't know what I need. And then I start talking, and then as you're giving me feedback and like problem solving, and I'm feeling not validated, I can say, because we have a relationship, you know what? I hear that you're problem solving and you asked me what I needed and I wasn't sure, but it's not this. Right. Can we switch and can you listen while I get it all out? Like that's that open communication yeah. part, being able yeah, to say Yeah, I was about that. to say that like that's when you got a really good communicative relationship with somebody. Like, and that's rare. I'm like, I don't know many people mm-hmm. I can have that conversation. I could t- probably have, we don't, but we like, with me and Jody. I don't have to like we don't have I don't have to be that descriptive. 
It's like he he knows what to do, knows when to feed, when knows when to listen. <laughs> Not everybody you meet is Jody or me, right? <laughs> Where some people say things, I'm like, man, you probably shouldn't have said that. Well, that was on my mind. That doesn't mean you should have said it. Right, so well, like you meet those type of people more more often than not, you know. Support mm-hmm. is the foundation mm-hmm. for help, so I always start there, mm-hmm. which starts with listening, starts with an open mind. You can't go well. You can't go back, but like if I jump to help, then I'm coming in trying to solve it mm-hmm. instead of like starting with the foundation of like, hey, you just need me to listen, mm-hmm. and it's as opposed to like going in with recommendations or my thoughts. I think people don't understand how important that listening is. It isn't just listening, right? Like, I mean, I hope the things I say help the clients I work with. And I think the most helpful thing is me sitting there listening for 50 minutes. Listening is super important and underrated, I think. And a rare. I think it's truly rare to find somebody who will sit and listen at the level that, that we can probably listen to people. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to jump in, everybody wants to help, everybody, you know, for whatever reason. But I think it's it's hard to find somebody who will sit and listen at that level. And listening is not just with your ears. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but I think it doesn't be like, oh, I'm listening. Like you can listen with your eyes, you know, with those two bits and pieces. Like they don't have to say something to you for you to actually hear what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right? I know we get we say listening, we automatically think ears and. And, and sound and noise, but it's more to it than that because your body language shows me something. How, you know, the, your actions have shown me something. And it's like an that, active process. Yeah, it's not and that's passive. what I think people miss that sometimes. Like, you don't need to, oh, I, I didn't say that. Well, yeah, you did. And I miss that. I mean, this isn't yeah. me like sitting in a glass house. There are days I'm a better and worse <clears throat> listener. When you're catching that subtext a lot of times yeah. too, they're telling you this, but there's really something else. Mm-hmm. that's going on and that's where the questions come in you know and that's that's to me what helps people get to that next so what i tell our grad students is listen to what they're not saying yep. just as loudly as what they are saying yeah so as we kind of start well, we... closing it up i've got one question that i wrote down so i wouldn't forget the stigma of mental health and leaders mm-hmm. what what do you have to say about trying to reduce the stigma um that right, we want to share that when we are struggling by sharing that, that doesn't mean that you're less of a leader. It might knock down the stigma one degree. Well, if each of us in this room does it, we just dropped four degrees of that stigma mm-hmm. that um, we can contribute to decreasing that stigma by, not that we have to share the nitty gritty details, but I go to therapy. I have struggled. My past isn't where I am and where I am is not where I'll be. Um, making it accessible, you know, making sure if you're in charge of picking benefit packages, is there a mental health benefit? Do you have an EAP benefit? Do you have... Um, can people take mental health days? Can they change their lunches to go to mental health appointments? Do you, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways we can do that. Uh, we have a lending library, Morgan's book is in there, um, of uh, professional development, not like work, um, like how to do this technique better, but like how to be a, your best version of yourself that has I don't know, like 50 or 60 books. You can check that out. They can check books out and bring them back. Like whatever you can do to in whatever way feels comfortable for each person, I guess, right? So maybe having books people could check out is an option. Maybe you're not yet comfortable sharing that you're in therapy. So it's Mm. really what each person feels comfortable with and in what way. You can scream it from the rooftops. You can put it on social media. You could put a Post-it note in somebody's mailbox, uh, 
seems like you've been having a tough day happens to me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that's Almost like, well, and I think, I always say you, you model the behavior you want to see in others as a leader. And so maybe it's not screaming it from the mountaintops because maybe you're not ready for that. But a post-it note is that it's, it's honestly, it's climbing down the hole with them, mm-hmm. right? It's sitting next in to them saying- In a way that saying, is not you getting stuck in the hole with right. them. But it's, it's saying, hey, you're human, I'm human, and this I is human you. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Easy day. Well, would you like to share with everybody how they can get in touch with you? Um, sure. Um, so I don't know. She just said yeah, I was, was busy. Did you hear me? Like I just yeah, paused. Like, like, I don't so know. I if, just said I had the thought of something. If you want to talk to me specifically, <laughs> sure. Um, Delmar Center for Behavioral Health in Jacksonville, North Carolina, or thebusinessofbehavior.com. Um, or if you're feeling like you need help, um, Psychology Today is a website. It's like a menu of therapists. Um, there's people's pictures and bios, so you can see them and read a little bit about them. Um, and with telehealth, you can see someone anywhere in your state. I mean, Jacksonville doesn't have a ton of providers, but you could see somebody anywhere in North Carolina. And so to not forget that that's an option um, and to not get discouraged, maybe, if you reach out and there's a wait list. Um, and keep reaching out if it's there's that you need help, need period. For, um, yeah. yeah. There's a huge need. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah, spending time thanks. with us. Yes, uh, I mean, we're you. literally pulling you away from, from... Oh, today's my day off, actually, okay, well, so that's good. Even better. We appreciate you being here. Thank you here for coming even more Yeah. yeah. Happy on, your, on your peace your peace day, if that's it's right. really peaceful. Well, this is a way to like help decrease that stigma, right? Just talking yeah. about it openly. Just all, all the, the stuff resources that you guys you talk about, that decreases the stigma. Yeah, it's important. Yes, yes, we try to be as vulnerable as possible. I got about five percent that I ain't ready to give, but you know, <laughs> they're like, "Oh no, he, he needs a little bit more help." But I think this going to counseling is the is literally what made one of the things that made me a coach. Right? It's just yeah. I got to the point where I was going there to to find out what's wrong, but then I had the right people to show me where to look, the yeah. resources, and then like I it got to a point the last probably the last few sessions I went to that I had, I was able to pick the counselor because right. I knew what I was looking for. And I was like, I want this person. Like, no, no, I'm not, I don't want that person. Mm-hmm. Do they do this, this, and this? No, you need this person. I get them. And they have been the most impactful in my mm-hmm. life. And then it wasn't there. Like, I'm going to find out, like, tell me what I don't already know. Like, I know what's wrong. Tell mm-hmm. me how, give me some other avenues to fix it. Right. Yeah, tools and yeah, tools. Because like I know what problem is. I just don't know how to fix the problem, right? And so, having those people. My last one, her name was Colleen, Mm -hmm. and she was raw. And one day I remember I knew I was in the right place because the second day I came in there, she I said I don't really know what's going on. She said bullshit. Mm -hmm. I was like, that sounds like me. All right, (laughs) all right. And I got right. And she was like, if you ain't gonna show up, don't call. If you ain't gonna call, then just stop making appointments. But I bet like she, she was raw. Really. I loved it too. I was like, yes, all she this. She probably wasn't that way with everyone, right? So no. it's like she was who you needed she said in she that could, moment. She, she didn't get everybody That's because right. everybody couldn't yeah. couldn't take her. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. That's what I want. I don't want, yeah. don't be, you all right? Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, I can talk to myself. Mm-hmm. But some people need that. And that's, yeah. you know, I always say that with coaching. Yeah. Um, it's about fit. It is about fit. Yes. It's you all know? right to say no and pick somebody else. That's mm-hmm. And I'll say this. I know we're talking about this in general, but it happens in the civilian world and the military world, especially the military world. You feel like you have to see the person that you're talking to. That's a big, like, you don't think you have choices because no one ever since you've been in gave you a choice. Mm-hmm. 
you have choices. You always have choices. There's always they call it like patient. Um, it's something that he called. What do they call it in? Um, Talking about patient rights. Patient rights type yeah. stuff, right? Like you, yeah. like you got those. Like people don't even know those exist. Mm. You might see them on a the wall. You might overlook them, but you have rights. Like you don't have to go where they're sending you. You can ask for certain things. You can request. You can get referrals. Like there's so many things, but don't just take what you're given. Like be more assertive in saying this is what I believe I need because even when I'm coaching people or or talking to executive clients. I can only bring 50% of what we need to do to the table. Right. You got to bring the other 50. We got to do this together. Or 100 and 100. I was say, you know, you know my thoughts are 100 and 100. I, knew, I see this face, 100 and 100. But it's also, you know, and I think that's a great point. Um, and the other thing I will say is don't be afraid to talk to other people that you know and are open about, mm -hmm. hey, I go to therapy. Oh, would you mind sharing who you use and yep. what makes them great for you? Mm -hmm. you're, you're almost like car shopping a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and you find mm -hmm. out, well, let me then maybe I can try that one. And that does exist in the military. And yeah. I think that's Morgan's, the point you're getting across yeah. is like, Hey, you've, you know, speaking to our military crowd specifically, you have options out there and, and it is hard to include know. asking to see a civilian. You that's don't right. always have to be seen on, on base. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's a lot out there. So, all right, everybody. Well, that's going to wrap us for another one. Um, again, please leave us some stars and a review and uh, ideas of future topics. And, Thank you again, Thank you Becca, both. for Thank your you time. For I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we appreciate everybody listening. Always, I don't know if I would find more value in coming down here for myself or if I <laughs> find value in giving, sharing all this information with you. Either way, it's valuable. And we appreciate you. We appreciate every moment that we can share the knowledge with you know experts like yourself. So, see you later. Thanks, Thanks. for hanging out, everybody. Bye. <laughs>